What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Run Your Mouth podcast, a early afternoon edition. Are we running early for evening or late for morning? I don't know. At some point, we'll actually be at regular schedules of 11 a.m. on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But after an episode that was as as dense, as informative as the one that we did this past Monday, I feel like we get some uh, some points for non-professionalism. You know, we, we, we went too far into the professionalism lane which means that we can bring it back down to a more even-keeled level. Uh, to start off the show, I'd like to say, can you die in your hot tub with dignity? If you achieve a level of fame and fortune that you can afford to just lounge around in your hot tub, and then you die, can't they just lie and say you were reading the Bible? Do they really need to prick your blood, pull your veins, and let people know all of the all the drugs that you were doing at that interval in time? Speaking of which, they were reporting that uh, Chandler Bing was uh, not just on fentanyl, uh, but apparently uh, doing nicotine lollipops. Can someone find me some nicotine lollipops? I'll switch from the Zins to something even more childish. Where I, I was doing a Google search. That's got to be some rich people shit that you can get yourself some flavored nicotine lollipops. That sounds like a good time. Uh, and, you know, all right, we're into free markets over here. How come there aren't better, like, uh, you know, I would just think you could get a security camera on your hot tub or something, something that lets your security staff know that you're going under. You would just think that there'd be some precautions or maybe that's what hot tub salesmen need. Like the way they got the, I fall and I can't get up life alert, life lock thing. Just something that if you slide under the water line, or maybe you need an even more shallow hot tub or just some friends. Maybe just some friends. I'd love to go out to Hollywood. I'll just be a heroin spotter. Can you do that legally? I feel like Michael Jackson, he probably had a doctor who was a heroin spotter. I mean, how many people, if you just, if you got enough money that you could just like, I'm not going to judge the guy. You're going to judge the guy. You could imagine you had eight years of sitcom money to just blow for the rest of your lifetime that you could be doing fentanyl and lounging around in a hot tub. It's just a rotten shame that no one's out there spotting heroin addicts and, you know, just lifting them up when they end up falling in underneath the underneath the thing or maybe wear a snorkel maybe that's the lesson if you're gonna do heroin in a hot tub make sure to wear a snorkel uh all right sometimes you know when i'm driving around i just you know i i I wish i could say i was high when i was having these thoughts but i was just having some really stupid thoughts about santa because you know I'm, I'm, i'm 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 testing the waters and getting into christianity now that there's this new um uh socialist pope who will even bless the gays you know, the, the Christian community is a lot more welcoming than it's ever been. And, you know, I didn't grow up with uh, with Santa Claus. I didn't grow up celebrating Christmas. I didn't get to do any of those fun things. I remember watching those Sega Genesis commercials as a kid, thinking that Santa and, and Halloween and stuff must have been the greatest thing that ever happened to anyone. But if you're a fan of the uh, Santa folklore and you got kids, I'm curious to know. The, the, the ritual of putting out cookies for Santa, that's a wholesome ritual. I like that ritual, but do you think that like, if you believed in Santa as a kid, you would believe that you could actually come up with better cookies than Mrs. Claus and his, uh, and his, and his, and his slave elves. I feel like, or do you think like Santa always wants cookies and they just won't feed him cookies, which brought me to my next question, which is how many kids do you think have ever thought that they wanted to trap Santa and then accidentally poison their dad? Maybe this is something that you guys have heard about a million times. I'm genuinely curious. Has anyone ever popped some sleeping pills or rat poison <laughs> into the cookies and then accidentally just kill dad? Uh, all right. That's enough fun, Chris. I don't know why I went into that. 
Uh, anyone, as long as we're just pontificating about random nonsense, because I said last week's episode or the last episode was so professional. I feel like we've got some grace here for just, you know, wild meanderings about absolute nonsense and nothing. Welcome to the show. Uh, part of the problem listeners. Uh, I recently, I must have a hacked computer or something because I just had my primary business card got like, uh, it got, uh, had fraudulent charges and I had to cancel it. And uh, when I canceled that card, I guess I just ignored the fact that it was attached to my Easy Pass. And then I kept going through tolls and it kept saying, I was like, yeah, at some point I'll update the credit card and that'll be it. It wasn't, it wasn't it. That wasn't it. You'd think, hey, I've been a customer for this product for five years and no big deal. I always pay my tolls. And so when I update the credit card, you'll just charge me for all the tolls I use. No, nope, big deal. That's a really big deal to them. Doesn't matter how many times you've paid for a toll before and you go through to a the through toll and you come down to the end of having prepaid them on all those tolls. They don't even give you credit on those tolls. You can't go through the tolls and then at the end of the month, settle your bill for them. They take the money at the beginning of the month and hold your money for the tolls that you might drive through. And then if by some chance you got one month where your credit card gets canceled and you forget to update that thing, good luck. You're going to be calling up each state that you drove through independently to trying to discuss whether or not they'll waive the $50 fees for every single time that you went through a $1 toll. Have fun with that one. They need credit cards need a new system where whatever you've got on auto pay, like it should be on Chase or whatever you use for your credit card or debit card. You should be able to line up on the thing everything that's on auto pay. And when it issues a new card, just automatically be able to transfer that over. And then just be able to see the things also to just cancel them and make it their problem to, you know, hey, your gym membership, you need to come in with a formal letter. We need you to, uh, or whatever else, whatever things they got for making you cancel. Take back control. Uh, all right. So listen, before we get into news, and we do have quite a few news topics to discuss. They're trying to kick Donald Trump out of being able to run for president. Giuliani's in all sorts of troubles. Uh, we, we got a lot of hot news topics, um, but I did waste my entire weekend, uh, you know, um, drinking on my couch and, uh, you know, um, watching movies and, um, movie spoilers. I'm going to be commenting on both, uh, Oppenheimer and, uh, killers of whatever that Scorsese movie was. Um, and those, we're not going to spend that much time on this. Uh, and, uh, I, I must just not like good movies because both of those, like they, they put me asleep and not even in a good way. You know, like I love falling asleep to TV. I don't even have a TV in this apartment and I've talked about it before, but they've ruined television by these slow loading things. You're trying to channel surf. The guides are even on slow. You know, there used to be an art form to channel surfing. And I bet there will be a time when it will come back. It will have a resurgence the same way that you get these people buying their record players because they say that they prefer that. You get me an old school motel television with a back button and no cable box so that there's no delay on channel surfing. I'm a channel surfing wizard. You can come over here. I can align what commercials are going when, what to bounce back and forth between. Be watching three movies, a history channel show, and discovery channel all at the same time. I was a wizard of my day. You want to talk about skills? You could come over. You could hang out with me and watch seven television shows in the time a normal person might watch one with commercials. Oh, what a glorious art form that was. And then there's nothing better than like, you know, I got to like be disciplined and actually try and like put myself to bed at night, you know, even because even I'm I, even when I'm up two in the morning, getting back from New York City or whatever else, 
you know, if you're drinking coffee or drinking this to stay up, like who's good at just getting into, you got to actually get into bed, got to jerk yourself off. <laughs> you got to have a mentality of, I have to go to bed. There's nothing better than, you know, getting loosely hammered and just leaving TV on and mindlessly channel surfing until you actually just fall asleep. You can't even duplicate with that with YouTube tabs. And I waste a lot of time with YouTube tabs, this podcast, that podcast, listening to them in three minute intervals, deciding that you're bored. But anyways, I almost never, uh, I try and I, I don't really watch much TV at home. And if anything, I purposely try and save movies for, uh, for flights. Cause I spent a lot of time on flights and, uh, you know, it's a good way to waste your time on flights is catching up on the movies and stuff. But anyways, let's start with Oppenheimer. I don't, it, did anyone actually get through that movie? It, you know, people that, that director Nolan is so well regarded. I looked up on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone's saying this thing's a great movie. I couldn't get through it. I even tried twice. I even tried coming back to it. Uh, what, uh, I guess if there was one thing that was a nice takeaway from the Oppenheimer movie, is that even the greatest of people can invest their entire lives into massive technological developments and then just regret it. So for the rest of us who are doing nothing with most of our times, you know, just know that even the smartest people ever made decisions to do things and then spent the rest of their time regretting it. So like if you're doing nothing, you know, there's no reason to regret that either because even the people that did something, they had to regret it too. I felt like that was a positive message. The other thing I thought was funny about the movie was because uh, we had Gary Richide on the show before. And he was telling us that, you know, the nuclear stuff, we just sent it to the Russians. We were just like, here, we'll fly it over North Korea. The, I mean, uh, the North Pole, the South Pole, wherever we pretend there's a hole in the thing with a, with a thing to lizards. And we'll just send them all the technology. The other movie was, uh, you know, usually I like a Scorsese film. But did you guys see that Killers of the Flower Moon thing? There's a three-hour thing of, hey, you want to get married and kill a bunch of Indians so that you can keep their oil? And then the movie didn't even have an ending. It just jumped to a play to sum it up. Even Scorsese got bored with his own film. It had the pacing of an Indian chief describing to you, and then he killed wife, and then he killed sister, and then he killed this. Please, if anyone actually saw those movies and liked them and can explain to me why they were good in any capacity, it's an open invite. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. You can give me the education. You can tell me what I'm missing. And those people have put out movies that I liked. But who knows? Maybe I just have bad taste in movies. I'm genuinely putting this out there is that, you know, I don't watch movies all that often. I sat down. These were supposed to be the big epic films from the legendary directors. And uh, they put me right to bed and I don't feel like I missed anything. And who knows? Maybe I just saved you guys a bunch of times from going to watch those movies. Uh, Anun is telling me Joe List. I could potentially reach out to Joe List to explain to me why those were good films. Um... That might be a, a heated conversation. It would just be him, you know, giving me a hard time. Uh, all right, let's start with this. Let's get into the actual news topics. Before we do, why not shout out YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. The only people in the entire Kratom game, they can get you a kilo of Kratom for just $60. So if you're into the Kratoms, you want to get yourself some kilos, you ain't going to find them anywhere else other than YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. And if you're not into kilos of kratom you can go to their sister website yodelta.com and then take so many edibles that you watch fascinating films and you can't follow what the hell's going on and then you blame the famous directors for not understanding their movies yodelta.com promo code rym you get 20 percent off all sorts of delicious gummy products all right big news everyone's all fascinated from the bbc u.s judge orders names of more than 170 jeffrey epstein associates to be released and we're all getting excited 
everyone's like, hey, what happened to all those names? You had a case with that lady and she went to jail and we don't know any of these associates. And everyone's been getting excited. We've been hearing about these associates the whole time. And let me tell you, this associate thing, it's not the interesting storyline. The interesting storyline is what the hell happened to that safe. The FBI took in a safe that was in the guy's office, had all the blackmail tapes. I'm just claiming that. I don't actually know what was on them. And then it just, uh, the thing, it just disappears. The FBI goes out. Ah, we lost it. We, we made sure to get that out of there, and we just managed to loss, lose what could have been the most important piece of evidence in all of American history. It's just lost. We don't even know what happened to it. And now everyone's getting all excited for the uh, associate list. But I'd like to know, what the fuck is an associate list? What does that mean? Like, uh, you're going to have everyone going, yeah, I was associated because I was the napkin person at one of his dinner parties. Or I was involved in when he was doing the actual saving thing, when he was making the money to give it to the to the people who were going to get the Nobel Peace Prize awards that's all i was involved in this is from abc news the documents might not make clear why a certain individual became associated with uh with the uh, jeffrey's lawsuit whatever that lady's name was but more than 150 people are expected to be identified in hundreds of files that may expose more about epstein's sex trafficking of women and girls in new york new mexico the us virgin islands and elsewhere some of the names may have simply been included in depositions, emails, or legal documents. But who knows? Maybe we'll fun. Maybe we'll be able to show up to all sorts of random places, show up shirts and go, what exactly was your association with Jeffrey Epstein? And who knows? Maybe we'll be all maybe we'll all be liberal people that we don't like. And then we can say, look, all these people were associated with Jeffrey Epstein, and therefore you're all guilty of a, by association. Hey, it says right here, you were an associate. You guys think we're going to gleam anything from this association list? Do you think anyone's going to lose their jobs? You think it's going to fire? We're going to find out Tom Hanks has been running this racket the whole time. Stephen Colbert and everyone else that was on late night was down there partying with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you think just partying with Jeffrey Epstein implies uh, being a part of the whole racket and grotesque guilt of being a child-loving pedophile? How do you think the market's going to react to this Epstein list coming out of associates? A little bit too loose. I don't know. It's not damning enough. I want to know. Were you actually, are you going to give us the breakdown? Were you on that plane? Were you getting massages? Like what, what was, uh, I don't know. It needs, uh, it takes like three years and then they finally throw you a bone with no meat on it. Rudy Giuliani sued again by former election workers who now want a court order against further defamatory remarks. This is from NBC News. The lawsuit notes that Giuliani told reporters after the trial that his long debunked allegations were supportable and are supportable today. He also told, told Newsmax that he was in possession of video evidence demonstrating the truth of his allegations. Kind of sounds like he's just guilty of being an idiot. I really don't understand the way defamation trials work. This might have been the same thing as the Alex Jones thing from what I'm hearing. He wasn't even allowed to present the evidence in court. So I don't understand how you could have the evidence and, uh, you know, be able to prove the fact that what you're saying was true. And now you're not able to showcase any of the evidence. But, you know, if you don't have that stuff and you're just still claiming to have it after losing the massive law, like you're kind of an idiot. Just show us the stuff. If you got the stuff, why not just show us the stuff? And if they don't let you show it in the courtroom, you're telling me you can't just now present, like if you have the, does that become defamation? If you actually have the true evidence of it, you can't just put it out online. If you have the actual video of someone committing a crime and then they go, 
he didn't commit that crime and that's defamation that you said that he did so. And then they tell you you're not allowed to use the evidence in court. Well, what happens if you put that up online? Is that is the is the evidence of truth still defamatory because a court or does the court have to actually uh, uh, reconsider its point of view of that you were saying things that were false because you have actual evidence that it's true? Or once a court has legally deemed it to be not true, even if you have two materials, are they then considered, I don't know, you end up in a, in a funky funnel of confusion. That's what happens. I didn't go to law school. So you get all these uh, topics that if you're, I guess, not a lawyer, you stand on the sidelines and go, you guys have a job that makes no sense. You guys sit around and you argue, you get at each other's throats, and it's just a circle of, uh, of lunacy. All right. Remember I was talking about fornicating trees? I've been on this topic now for like four or five episodes, and usually we ADD away from things way quicker than this. Usually we get onto some sort of a thing. We're super focused about it for five minutes. We claim we're going to change the direction of the entire show. We say that we're going to get a new studio. We're going to get a producer and we're going to go all hands on deck on something. And you could go down the archive of how many times we've said we're getting all hands on deck on something. And then just uh, ADD by 30 seconds later, I forgot that I even mentioned it. But listen, we, we need more money pouring into this run your mouth operation 2024 is the year to, you know, get balls out wealthy and do fentanyl and hot tubs, but with the snorkel so that it's not a death wish. I wasn't, I'm saying I want to enjoy the fentanyl. I'm not trying to say I want to die in a hot tub. I want to make it clear that wasn't a call for help. That was a call for, I want a better life. If you want to start envisioning your goals for 2024 and living your life better, you got to envision good things. That wasn't a call for help. I'm going to wear a snorkel. I'm trying to say, I want to enjoy this good hot tub life. In order to get there, there's only one way to make extraordinary wealth. If you understand the concept of profits and opportunity costs, it's by uh, scamming the system. And that's why I'm going to try and fornicate trees to come up with carbon, even greater carbon reducing trees. And uh, if you don't believe and you're reluctant to invest, you want to miss out on this opportunity and you don't want to get in on, uh, on Rob's carbon reducing plan of fornicating high carbon reducing trees and bringing new carbon reduction technologies to a market where so much capital is just looking to be spent on solutions that can actually solve our global warming epidemic that as some people are saying our grandkids and our children might not even be able to live through but anyways this was an article from yahoo tech it's exactly what i'm describing you take something that's not working you make a little bit of a change to it and claim that you got a prototype for something that will make it a little bit better. And then voila, they're putting up your stocks on, on Wall Street. You're the next Peloton. The thing makes no sense, but everyone's excited about it for 10 minutes and you can make all the money. That's all you got to do. You got to use your ADD to get really excited about something for 15 minutes that you can then get other people excited about. And it's like a Ponzi scheme of ADD excitement where they get those people excited. They get those people excited. And then you cash out because you're totally over the thing. You lost your excitement 45 days ago. But they're, they're on their first 15 minutes of being excited about it. Company unveils bladeless honeycomb wind turbines. Here's how this super efficient technology collect clean energy take another leap forward. How do we create the short fund? Every time another one of these articles come out, letting me know that there's some brand spanking new technology with this little tiny improvement. And this is going to be the game changer for global warming and innovations. 
I'll, I'll tell you how you find out. Find out if the government's investing in it and then short it. Create the green energy ultra short government fund of every single time you see some new product rolled out that's got one little thing that's a little bit different than the way they've been doing it beforehand. And boom, you've got yourself a stock to short. Not investment advice. All right. Um, comments. Jeff Gordon's mom. This show was ruled. We need more Fetty. Fair enough. Um, Fred Sanford. Is this live? Hell yeah, we're live right now. I just read your comment. That's a space balls moment for you. Goldie 171, you'll create them. If you don't buy from us, you definitely visited Epstein's Island. There you go. That's uh that's their next ad campaign. Not bad. Country moog music will get people excited. All right. Now, this oh, dude. This almost I saw this article, and there was another article I saw recently where I was like, dude, I think I uh end of your recap too early. I feel like there was more recap to be recapping. There have been some bombshell news stories trying to get Donald Trump out of the next election. And then this guy, oh, is this a glorious story? We've been talking about trying to make money off of government scams and talk about the scams of all scams. I have a joke in my act about this. Then in San Francisco, they've been trying to pass legislation of $5 million in reparations for black people. Also getting them homes valued at $1, uh, like, in, like getting them nice homes that they would just sell them for a dollar. And then I believe ongoing payments past that. And so obviously that is lunacy. Unless you're going to end the currency, unless we're coming to hyperinflation and that's some sort of a trap of here's money that is even more worthless than the current money. Tell me, believe me, if the government shows up and they say we got $5 million checks for reparations, don't show up for that check. That is a, that is a trap. You're going to, you're going to end up, you're going to end up in a bad situation. I say that as an ally. Okay. Government starts saying that they've actually worked out the math for how they're going to have $5 million in reparations. You don't want that money. But there you have it. In San Francisco, I had heard this, that there was a proposal for $5 million in reparations. And if you want to understand just how uh, lunacy this is, this is from Mish Talk. He did the uh, the math on it. It's a great blog. I recommend it. Um, it. But he was saying the math to him was that at the state level, it would cost $569 billion dollars. In San Francisco, the budget for this plan would be $192 billion, which is fairly unfeasible considering that the entire city budget is currently only $13 billion. But now here's where the grift comes in. This is where this gets juicy. So you're telling me that they were actually budgeting for an office to do something that was never going to happen? Talk about the cushiest job that's ever existed in all of mankind. Hi, I work at the lunacy office. We're the division of, you know, fictional ideas that will never come into reality. Yeah, we're working on something like, what are you, you going to, can, can, how much money do you need to sit around and come up with something that you're never going to do? You already sat down and you made a proposal for, hi, I think they should all get five million. So you already worked out your plan. So now you're going to just continue working out the deep. That, that's fun. You get to show up to the Imaginatarium every single day and play make-believe with your other adult friends. And not only do you get to just play make-believe, you get to live in your little woke circle where you get to show up to places you get to give. I bet there's a side grift where you get to show up on college campuses and talk about how you're working on the San Francisco committee to spend other people's money on reparations that will never happen. How great is that? You get a paycheck every single year, every single year to be a liberal pontificating douche playing into a fictional imagine, imaginary 
non-reality that can never happen. You get to tap yourself on the back for taking taxpayer dollars on something that will never happen. And then you still get to go, oh, it's everyone else's fault that we can't enact this plan as you continuously get money for what? What were they doing in this office? Talk about the greatest government jobs that ever existed. I don't know what college major you have to take to get employed by the United States government to work on projects that will never happen where you can walk around and go, hey, I'm working on the most noble thing that white people could be doing to make up for our horrible past. And that's why I get a paycheck. I bet it was all white college graduate kids who do absolutely nothing for anybody else, live nice lives out in San Francisco, and then get $80,000 a year to work at a government office that literally did nothing. But apparently they lost their funding for something that was never going to happen. All right. And now... Let's close out the show with uh, whatever the hell is going on with this uh, Donald Trump ordeal. Uh, before we do, sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. I think I got my sheaths on right now. Let's see if we can show them off. There you go. Sheathunderwear.com. I swear by these things. Comfy. Make your dick look bigger. You don't even need to shower that often if you're wearing them. Keeps everything fresh and delightful. So if you want, if you want to go home to the holidays with balls that are fresh and delightful, you go to sheathunderwear.com, you use promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off. And if you've got relatives, you're not sure what to get them, call them up. Ask them what their dick size is. Find out, are you a medium, you're a large, are you an XL? Hey, don't ask any questions. I don't want to have sex with you, but I got a product that's going to make your life better. And they're going to thank you when they're like, I don't even need a shower anymore. Everything is just fresh and delightful. <laughs> sheathunderwear.com keeping nuts fresh and delightful um all right listen everyone's in a hole up in arms you know you got this case out in colorado where they're going donald trump can't be on the ballot because he engaged in an insurrection we've covered this on the show before we've this is not breaking news if you're a fan of the run your mouth podcast and you enjoy living in the future and celebrating being right we've covered this one before i've let you know about this they were using that language of insurrection sneakily from the beginning of this thing because they knew if they were able to convince enough people that this was an aspect of an insurrection, they might be able to say that Donald Trump is not eligible to run for president again. And they're doing everything they can to make sure that voters can't vote for Donald Trump, trying to convince you that he's got nuclear documents in his house, trying to wrap him up in this lawsuit, that lawsuit, Jack Smith. They're going after him in every which direction. Here's why this one doesn't make sense to me. And before we get all of our panties in a bunch, unless you're wearing sheath, it stays very smooth. But if you're not, you might have all your panties shoved up in your butthole. And you might like having your panties shoved up in your butthole because secretly you like the pressure within your butt, but you're not willing to admit that that's something that you like. And so you purposely wear loose fitting underwear and then you keep moving around in your butt in your seat to try and get it to keep wedging further and further up your butt cracks so that you can have your panties up in a bunch and pretend like I would never like something in my butt. That might be the way that you live your life, but <laughs> it would seem to me like this was going to go to the Supreme Court and it's not going to stick around. That's just my guess. I can't say for sure. Haven't read all the nooks and crannies on this guy, uh, but there are some variables. Um, and one is there was a similar court case that I believe we talked about on the show recently. I believe it was in Michigan and that one got thrown out. So I don't know why the uh, Supreme Court in Denver came to a different conclusion. I also don't know why any of us feel like we live in a free country with a uh, just justice system 
where it all just seems to be some game about whether or not you get more uh, judges that are on your side than are on the other side. So I guess it goes up to the Supreme Court. Donald Trump is lucky that he got more Republicans on the thing in the last one. So it likely uh, side in his favor in Colorado. You got more liberal justices wasn't in his favor. What a system. If you can just, you know, get enough of your people into it doesn't matter what the law is. It just matters if you're lucky enough to get justices that uh, that, uh, that that want to support your side more than the other. So anyways. First question I got for you, I'd like to know why the Michigan court sided differently than this court. Second is why just the ballot? If you're telling me that this guy's not allowed to run because he was involved in an insurrection and that it's, uh, you know, it's a violation of our Constitution to uh, engage in insurrections and then hold office, then you should just be barred from holding office. I would think like ballots, can I write people in? Can I still vote for a guy even if he's not on the ballot? I think it works that way. Can enough people show up and write in Donald Trump and then he can win anyways? So I don't understand why this would just be a, uh, a ballot access issue. I would think they would need to be making a determination that he's not allowed to run at all. I would think that that would be the uh, determination that would have to be made. All right, now I'm going to throw this out there that it would look to me like the uh, Supreme Court is probably going to get rid of this. I can't say that for fact. We'll see what happens when it gets there. But they also got the Jack Smith one coming through, which is uh, Jack Smith wants to know if presidential immunity makes his entire case a mute point. And, you know, the Supreme Court's sitting around and on both of these, like, fuck, we have to actually weigh in on these because they're lazy. They like to kick everything back to whoever they can and go, hey, this isn't our obligation. This is for you to figure out. Or what we saw with the coronavirus, they could go, yeah, government shouldn't be doing this at all. But if they are going to do it, they at least need to apply these laws uh, equally between churches and malls. And, you know, they're lazy people over there. They try not to exert their authority. They try and stay out of these things. I wonder if they're just going to like, just, you know, maybe Clarence Thomas or someone else can just get up and can you guys just knock it off? Just be like, can you guys just stop with all this Trump shenanigans? Maybe, maybe that would be better if they just decided the first one where they go, yeah, the guy was president. He can't be prosecuted. Go beat him in an election. This is supposed to be up to the voters and you guys are wasting a lot of taxpayer resources to, you know, make this not fair fight. This is a democracy. People can vote. Wouldn't that be great? The just if they called it the just knock it off ruling of 2024, the first uh, maybe they made that the government's New Year's resolution was to quit being annoying on everything Trump and just making this a whole circular thing of nonsense. Like I said, Trump is a racist old lady. And what happens is if everyone's outside beating up on the racist old lady, you don't hear the racist old lady being a racist. And so you take the old lady's side where you're like, why is everyone being mean to this old lady? But then if you leave the old lady alone, you stop beating her with canes and throwing her purse all over the place. She starts collecting her things and you go, you see, that's why we can't have the blacks in this country. Everyone's like, oh my God, that's a racist old lady. And that's the problem. All these things, you're just waking people up to how evil our government is and how annoying the whole Trump thing was. Like you're going to reverse all the stuff you did the last time around when you threw a temper tantrum and people are like, you know what? Can we just get rid of Trump so I don't need to hear the temper tantrum anymore? I think enough of this shenanigans. People are going to start waking up of quit throwing a temper tantrum. This is annoying. So it would seem to me like uh, we'll probably move on from this. 
The Supreme Court's going to step in, be the adults in the room. But who knows? Who knows what kind of leverage was in that Jeffrey Epstein safe? How much leverage they actually, the system has when all the cards are on the table. And as they scream and yell that we can't have Donald Trump have a second run in office because he'll actually go after all the people that went after him. Usually they're all in cahoots, right? They're all sitting around and, you know, they're all like, listen, I'm not going to prosecute you. So you don't prosecute me. I'm going to get bribed on my book deal. You'll get bribed on your cable station. This guy's going to sell windmills. That guy's kid is going to make introductions for, uh, uh, for, for stock picks and everyone, it's a big circle jerk of everyone getting around. You find your little slice of the pie. You figure out how you're going to make your money and everyone's in on it. So they leave each other alone. But when it came to Donald Trump, they were like, Nope, we can't have that here. And so they, they broke the ranks. They started opening up lawsuits, lawsuits, prosecuting the guy, even though he was a prior president. And now they're like, well, that didn't work. And we can't have this guy coming back. And so, you know, they're rolling out every dirty trick they can possibly get their hands on. And this one, you know, some of them like the Jack Smith one, if it gets thrown out by the Supreme Court, I guess they were just trying to bully him out of running. A lot of this seems like they were just trying to bully him out of running. Uh, but if all of these get thrown out, I guess you got to start wondering, were they just not slick enough? Could they not pull off their scheme? Or do they actually have more tricks up their sleeve? And we're just seeing the first round of tricks and maybe if this does go to the Supreme Court, uh, you know, they're going to be like, nope, guy can't run for president. Fascinating stuff here. All right. Just want to read this because this is the actual section of the Constitution, which uh, I don't know if we can amend the Constitution to just be cleaner and better written. You know, why is everything in this thing like some poetry thing where I got to figure out what the hell you guys mean with constantly unqualified terms? And that's the problem with the with the with the threat of insurrection. It just feels like once you introduce, well, if it was just a threat of insurrection, yeah, I don't know. Bitch boy cops are always telling me they feel threatened. I'm a five six Jewish white kid. When I was uh, weighed 135 pounds and was stoned in high school, I was told by oh, I feel so feared for my for my health or risk. That's all they ever say. Everything's a threat to these people. They live their whole lives in fear, and just because they're fearful of everything, everything's a fucking threat. Second, you give these people the, uh, the the ability to say, well, if it's because we're under threat or because it's an emergency situation, they will always do that. Section three, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office civil or military under the United States or any, under any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or any or an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Um, you know, if I was writing this thing, I would just say anybody, I guess the in the current situation, the way this is written, if you're just a civilian, I guess you can engage in insurrection and then run for president, I, I think. And in this case, when you're already putting this many qualifying terms of who, it does say or elector of president and vice president. So it seems like president's not on your list. Am I crazy there? Aren't they talking about people that elector like the people? I, I, might, I might just be reading that one wrong. Um, but anyways, let's continue. But Congress may be a vote of two thirds of each house removes such as, but can you just write this stuff? So that it's not so open for interpretation. And then, of course, it's what's considered an insurrection or rebellion. Like, was Donald Trump getting up there 
and saying, hey, I think we need to look into whether or not all this voting fraud cost me an election. Was that is, is that an insurrection? How do you not define these terms? How is the not next paragraph not letting you know? Or do they not think that people would ever apply definitions this loose? All right. A couple comments, and then we're moving on. Kyle Huber, did you did you heard the Michael Malice podcast with Dave and Will? I did not. Uh, all right, last topic for today. And, uh, you know, we live in a world where just everything, it's just, it's all falsehood all the time. And if you're like me and you're moderately autistic, you just get annoyed by these things. So here, I'm going to show you two articles that just stood out to me in terms of just how everything it's just, it's, it's just, it's fake. It's all fake. So you got Israel signals gradual shift after Austin urges more surgical war. What does that mean? More surgical. So they can still be non-surgical. That, that is essentially what you're saying is, listen, we're not going to stop these people from killing civilians. We're going to continue to send them money. We're going to continue to support them, but we're going to encourage them to be a little bit better about the thing that we all acknowledge is horrible, but we can't say is horrible. So to really just condense the fact that we're just supporting them, we're going to say that it needs to be done in a more surgical way. Now, how much of an improvement does it need to be that it's going to reach our benchmark of more surgical? Well, we're not going to qualify such things because why not just leave it in a world of falsehoods where we just go, hey, we're going to endorse your killing of civilians and pretend like we take issue of with it. Or you had on the other side of this slide, this is Pope Francis approves Catholic blessings for same-sex couples, but not for marriage. Pope Francis has granted his formal approval, allowing Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples so as long as they do not appear to endorse their marriage. Now, how is, it, how is giving a blessing not an endorsement? This is some real Jew gay logic over here. This is how much this is the way the gays and the Jews or the the weasels, the lawyers, whoever you want to blame, just ruins everything of coming at you with things that just don't make sense. So are you saying it's okay? Or are you saying you're opposed to it? How is everything just in the wishy-washy middle of let's try and make everybody happy and not actually take a stance on anything? All right. So this is uh, from, I believe, the New York Times. It is precisely in this context that one can understand the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations and same-sex couples without officially validating their status or changing in any way the church's perennial teachings on marriage. I don't get it. I don't get it. You got the guy coming out saying that you get to do some other process. I'm not sure I understand it. The Vatican instructs priests to refuse the blessing in connection with the ceremony of a civil union or with any clothing, gestures, or words that are associated with weddings. And then here, you already had New York City, first couple get their blessings in, making history on a Tuesday morning with the church's blessings. And then, apparently, uh, there is no formal blessing for this. So there's no blessing for same-sex couples in the thick book of blessings published by U.S. Conference of Bishops. So they can mess it up. They can be like, may your lover remain tight and AIDS-free until your ripe old age. You can throw out whatever blessing you want because you're winging it. So, you know, you feel free. You want to come over here. I'll start blessing gay couples. I, I, I think everyone should live their best life. And uh, if you are already gay. I don't know why you'd want to settle down. Well, you got some other dude who's giving you a hard time about settling down. Why not enjoy your gayness? Unless you're both going to like have a marriage and then maybe 
if that guy's going to support you, but then you still get to, I don't understand the whole thing, but listen, I try and be more understanding. And if you're looking for blood, why do you want blessings from the people that told you you're not supposed to behave that way? They have a whole history of not endorsing. And now they're not even, you're, you're coming to a guy who's going to give you a blessing, but he'll stand there and he won't endorse your, 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 your get together. He won't actually formally wed you. I mean, how dare some priest stand in judgment of you while other married couples get to actually get formally married. They get formal recognition that you, you should feel outraged over this. What is this blessing even worth from a person? By the way, are you allowed to be a priest and still refuse this? Or are you then bigoted because the uh, communist pope told you that you were supposed to give blessings to the gays? Come over here. That'll be the next money-making drive for the Run Your Mouth podcast. I will I will bless all gay fornications. No problems, no questions asked. All right. Let's take a couple comments and call it a show. I don't think I had anything else left to discuss. Um, it's just Jazz Real. Will you make REM broadcasts available on Twitch? So I currently stream live to Twitch. Somebody sent me an email letting me know that I have to make a change so that you can then watch archived videos. I got so many things on my list of things that I have to do. At the moment, uh, I'm, uh, you know, we're trying to get the podcast out. What the answer is yes. I have nothing against Twitch. I'd also like to do more with Andrew uh, for for the actual platform that we've built, and maybe have some some paywall content. But I do currently stream to Twitch, and if it's an easy change to make on Twitch to just make the catalog available, I have no problem with it. Um, common sense. Trump hasn't been found guilty of any criminal crises, only found guilty by a judge, not a jury in a civil suit. Apparently democracy is a threat to our democracy. Um, well said, good sir. All right. That is our episode. Thank you for hanging out new year's Eve. If you're in the tri-state area, me, Dave Smith and BK Chris doing a show, nice little theater setting out in, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey presented by, uh, Adam Gaber. Going to be a good time. Come hang out. It's going to sell out, so don't wait on them tickets. I know you think, hey, I don't know that I even want to leave my house. I might just want to sit around. I might have that one lady I've been waiting on for five years to give me a call and say that she just wants me to bake her some chicken. That's not going to happen. So why not go to comicdavesmith.com, get yourself some tickets, come out for the New Year's show. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I got no other dates at the moment. I got to start setting things up. Uh... That's it. That's our show. I think we did it. There's nothing else to discuss. I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Going to be back on Friday with a new episode. We got Bobby the Bank coming on. Going to give us some tips. Oh, and then the end of Friday show, uh, if you haven't already checked it out, go uh, go to my YouTube channel, Robbie the Fire, watch uh, end of year thing. Uh, and then I'll probably put out the audio of the full version from the first night show. Uh, I think what I'll probably do, I'm just looping you guys in. I'm letting you know. I'm going to take one camera that hopefully gets some of the visuals of the slide. And we're going to take a single shotgun mic, whatever the best shotgun mic was. So you get a bit of a balance. Uh, if you guys want to see the real pro cuts, you want to see the edited version, fancy visuals from, uh, from Lugwood Von Mises pieces and professionally graded audio, go to YouTube, Robbie the fire. That's our show. Thank you. Have a great day. You know, do things.